Have you ever wondered about what your brain can really do for itself? On today's episode, we get curious about Scott Warwick and his business story because Scott did something amazing. He was able to rewire and repair his own brain back from PTSD to about 85%. If that's not interesting enough, he also discovered a way to create a thriving multi-tier business from his experiences. And now he helps humans and companies everywhere learn how to resolve conflict better, avoid bullying in the workplace, develop and understand emotional intelligence, and realize how to rewire and protect human brains across the globe. Are you ready for a business adventure that only curiosity could take us on? You want to stay through this entire episode. She's on a business writing mission To make sure you know what words to say So that what you deserve is what you'll get paid Because storytelling changes everything Get pumped for the epic knowledge in today's episode of Your Business Story This is episode one of season two The Brain Can Do What? With guest Scott Warwick Scott, thank you so much for being on today. This is Scott Warwick, everyone. How is your day going so far? Actually, very good. Uh, We're doing this early afternoon, so I got a chance to get a bunch of busy stuff done this morning, and now I get to talk to you, so it's uh, it's, it's good. You're having a productive day. That's awesome. All right. Can you tell us just a little bit about your story in your own words? I know I introduced uh, you to everyone, but no one can tell your story like you can. So I'd love to hear a little bit about how you got to where you are and um, now what you're doing to help others, which I love. Yeah, yeah. And uh, everything that I am pretty much doing along these lines is all by accident. Okay, so I, uh, I, I I'm an HR guy. I've been in human resources for 41 years. I've been a practicing employment attorney for 27 years. And uh, and ironically, I started to realize also that the mental disorders are absolutely ravaging the uh, entire legal community. Okay, and that comes about because the way we treat each other. Well, Mm -hmm. my son, my oldest son was born in 1993, and he, a few years after that, was diagnosed with Asperger's autism, okay? So we went to, this is just right at the turn of the century then, and we were trying to find uh, doctors who could help us, and we went to board-certified psychiatrists, fantastic psychiatrists, and everything they told us was wrong. Hmm. Everything they told us was wrong. They said, well, this is just the way he's born. This is the way he's wired. You can't rewire the human brain. This is just the way he is. And so what we started to do is like, oh, my gosh, they told us he probably would need a special high school, wouldn't be mainstreamed, that he might, he probably won't go to college because just the overall social and everything, he wouldn't be able to handle it. And so I started doing my own research. And so I went online and a friend of mine actually had gotten her brain scanned at the Amen clinics. Mm -hmm. And so at the Amen clinics, uh, I started researching them and I started to learn that you could rewire the human brain, that you actually grow 100,000 new brain cells every month. And 
And, and, and I started doing research from UCLA and Oxford and Vanderbilt Medical College and Harvard and all of these videos. And so in 2006, I flew with my son to Reston, Virginia to get his brain scanned at the Amen Clinics. And so his brain was a mess. It was burning way too hot. It was just, just a mess. So we took up all kinds of new therapies. Uh, his, you know, increased his drinking of water, vitamins, minerals, all kinds of things. Okay. And so as a result, we flew back in 2008 to get his brain rescanned to see where he was. And so it was like 15% better. Whoa. Uh, and so at the same time, my wife said, well, you're getting scanned too. You're getting scanned. Okay. Because you're, you are. You are. <laughs> and so I said, no, no, I'm fine. She goes, oh, no, no, you're getting scanned. So I got scanned. And also, also it's not just the scan, but there's like six hours of intake, too. So there's okay. a scan that compared to the intake. And I was diagnosed with raging post-traumatic stress disorder. And in the book, I put my 2008 scans. I put Michael's 2006 and 2008 scans. And you can see the progress. Well, we both got on our horse and really started to you know, eat right. Uh, get as many jackasses out of our lives as humanly possible. I fired clients that nice. just were not worth it. And I don't care what you pay me. You're not worth it. Yeah. And uh, we had our brains scanned again in 2020, August of 2020, right in the middle of COVID. And my brain is about 85% cured, improved. Michael's is about 75% rewired and improved. And just to let you know, the effect it's had on his life is he uh, graduated high school. Uh, he uh, graduated from Ohio State with honors and went on to get his master's degree from Roosevelt University in Chicago with a 3.91 grade point average. Amazing. Now, here's a kid with autism that I just dropped in the middle of Chicago by Buckingham Fountain and left him there. And he thrived. OK, so. um Everything that I've learned is basically coming from the neuroscientists, okay? And I discovered there's this huge battle between the neuroscientists and the psychiatrists, and the neuroscientists are going to win. And so yeah. I wrote this book. It actually took, well, it's a 20-year journey and about 10, 12, 13 years of serious writing to finish the book, Healing the Human Brain, and it tells our story and all the things we did, and I discovered that yes, anybody who treats their brain right, it will just naturally rewire itself if you let it. But if you live like a typical American, eat 25% of all your meals at fast food, work with absolute jackasses, get bullied all the time, and don't drink your water, you will kill 85,000 brain cells a day, and that means you're doomed. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So don't do that. Right. Yeah. You can avoid it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all within your power. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that so much. Um, I also have a child who's on the spectrum and uh, we're going to have a guest actually next week who realized that her ADHD was her superpower. So she's going to talk about getting curious about helping herself tailor her business around the things that she does really well uh, from that perspective. Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you, when I do, and I understand too, with the mental health in this country, and COVID pushed us over the edge, in January of 2020, 
American Psychological Association said, we are at the breaking point. We're at critical mass. And then COVID hit yeah, and pushed us over. And, and I'll tell you, as a general rule, 80% of all my audiences, if they have prescription drug coverage, 80% of them are on psychiatric medications. Yeah. So they want this type of help. And, and I'll tell you, it's amazing. One thing I've discovered is if, um, if you find somebody who is on psychiatric medications and it's working, have you ever seen somebody who, okay, the psychiatric meds are working three or four five, six years later, they don't work anymore and you got to up them. Okay. That's what we keep treating our brain like a soccer ball. And, and so it gets worse and worse and worse. That is the exact same thing as breaking your foot, going to the doctor, and your doctor says, well, does it hurt? And you say, oh, yeah, it hurts terrible. And you're like, okay, well, the doctor gives you some pain medication and says, well, off you go. See ya. Yeah, see ya. And so you're going to walk around on this broken foot. It's going to get worse and worse. And you come back, and pretty soon the pain medications don't work anymore because the bone is sticking out. Right. They haven't, they're just addressing the symptoms, not healing the actual issue. That's right. And I'm a big fan of psychiatric medications. Do not misunderstand me. I applaud people who are on them, but use the time that that is making you feel better to suppress these symptoms, to drink your water, to do your exercise, to go for walks, hang around good people. And if you work in a, in a bullying environment, like 75% of all Americans say they do change jobs. Right. Don't it's, I it's, mean, it's so if the, if the percentages are so high, what would you say to someone who's in a job right now that they are really struggling? And like you said, they're with a bunch of, you know, jackasses. Yeah. How what would you recommend if they feel like I'm not financially able to change jobs right now? What would be like a good first step to help them move in that direction? That is a really great point. So let's look at that. First of all. If you are running the company, okay, if you are in a power position, change the culture. Yeah. Change the culture because you have a brain too, right? You want it to be healthy. And I got news for you. A few years ago, we discovered that cortisol causes Alzheimer's. Now, freeze right there, folks. When you flood your body, if if your car won't start, that is going to put you into fight or flight. Okay, and everybody understands that's from Fred Flintstone and Fred Flintstone had all this fight or flight, all this cortisol and adrenaline. And uh, and it, you know, he burned it off. Right. He'd fight or flight. We go back to our desk. We lay on the couch and watch TV. And so that's going to create a real problem for us. But when your life is in danger, like if you're in battle or if you are basically uh, being bullied, you think that bully might kill you. You release three times the cortisol and adrenaline, three times. So, so first of all, you as business owner, you as vice president or CEO, you're going to get Alzheimer's. And now think about it. If you smoked uh, cigarettes for 40 years, would you be surprised that you um, got lung cancer? You, know, you smoke right. cigarettes for no. 40 years? No. That's yeah. the same thing with Alzheimer's. That's the same thing. So don't do that. Okay, so if you are a rank and file person, great news for you, pal. There are 1.7 jobs in America right now for every unemployed person. 
The time has never been better to get that resume shined up. And I've changed jobs. Okay. But I'll tell you, you don't just jump off the ship. What you do is you wait till a little dinghy comes up to pick you up, right? You get another boat to go to. So get your resume going, go out there, find a job, find a job where the, where, where the culture matches yours. The Society for Human Resource Management gave us a great statistic. They said more job applicants are searching to find out what a company's culture is like mm-hmm. rather than their pay scales. So, yeah, I'm in a financial situation like most people are. Okay, right. most people, they're two or three months away from maybe losing their home. Okay, that's the average. Okay, that's a lot of people like that. So you start looking for a job. This is the best time ever to be looking for a job. And when you find it, you leave. And I'll tell you, someone out there will help you. And I'll tell you, one thing to really think about, is your job worth Alzheimer's? Is your job worth uh, and, and I'll tell you, I, some of my top paying clients, I fired them. You're not worth it. Okay. Right. So, because no, it's serious discussions to make, but it could take you several months. It could take you a year. Now, if you are in this position, I want to make sure you're drinking. And I'll tell you right now, folks, I, I don't know if you can see these. Those are my mugs. They're as big as my head, 32 ounces. This is something everybody can start doing right now. You have to drink half of your weight in ounces in water every day. That will flush your brain. And I've, I've got folks coming, oh, no, that's too much. And I said, no, let me tell you, I've researched this stuff. The book has like 260 pages or about. The original version had 470 citations. Oh, yeah. that's a formatter's nightmare. I know oh, that yeah, from experience. Yeah, yeah. So I, <laughs> I cut it down to to about 230 or something like this. But I will tell you, I will never tell you anything. I will. I don't make stuff up because I will get challenged on everything. Right. And I've got eight boxes full of documentation. Okay, uh, that I actually rent a storage space just for the documentation for my books. If I say it, I've got it researched and I can cite to it. If I can't enter it into evidence in court, I won't say it. Okay. Right. I'm telling you what I did and this works. That's awesome. Yeah. Man, I have a lot of questions that are popping up for me, but let Mm -hmm. me first make sure everyone knows how to get your book. So what is your book called and where can people purchase it? It's called Healing the Human Brain. And my name is Scott Warwick. uh, And you can just go to my website, S-C-O-T-T. W-A-R-R-I-C-K. And so uh, everything is right there. And I've got tons of free videos teaching people how to take care of their brain. Because I'll tell you, uh, I'm 62 years old. Okay. And I am really concerned about the mass shootings. 1.8 mass shooting every day. That's our mental health. We've doubled that in the last five or six years. Um, Arguments in... In workplaces, I do a lot of training, a lot of training. I've got a schedule. I was in San Antonio last month. I've got Tampa coming up, and I'm just all over the place teaching people how to address and resolve conflict and how to take care of their brain and not bully. And if you don't do those things, your mental you will damage your brain. You will burn it. It's the first thing to burn, and you will start growing Alzheimer's cells. The only thing that will save you from not actually being symptomatic is your heart might kill you before your brain does. That's not a cheery aspect. No, that's not, that's not what you want. No, 
But you can change all of this. Do what your doctor says. Take the medication. Absolutely. But also develop a whole new lifestyle. Okay. Take up your, your hobbies. Okay. Hang around good, good people. Bowling, barbecues, cookouts are very brain healthy types of uh, endeavors. Yes. Amazing. Okay, so that is, uh, if you want to check out Scott's website, you can go to scottwarwick.com, which you can see on the screen right now if you are watching. And if you are not watching, it's S-C-O-T-T-W-A-R-R-I-C-K.com. All right, so let's move into the curiosity portion of today's episode. As you know, we are exploring the curious business stories of amazing business owners and founders like yourself. And today, I would love to run through a few questions. And uh, some of them are very business-centric. Some of them are open-ended. Please feel free to answer them however you like. Okie doke. All right, the first one is, when I say the word curious... What are your first thoughts? Ask questions. Ask questions. Curious. I'll tell you, one of my favorite sayings, Walt Whitman, just, uh, you know, amazing American poet. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now everybody's rediscovering Walt Whitman through Ted Lasso. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because there's this scene of Ted Lasso in the bar throwing darts. And he says, you're not curious. You're judgmental. You passed judge. You looked at me and you made all these stereotypical categorizations on me. You stereotyped me. You didn't ask. And I'll tell you that Walt Whitman didn't really say that, but it's attributed to him. But it means be curious, not judgmental. And what's that mean? Don't assume that because what you see here is you got me all figured out. Right. You don't know anything about me until you ask me and talk to me. And, and I'll tell you, it's amazing. We do this all the time uh, and we don't research. I've got people, very good thing. I've been an employment attorney for 27 years. I actually use that to help companies get where they want to go. And I will tell you, I'll have somebody say, well, somebody told me that this was illegal. I said, no, wait, stop right there. Did you research it? Were you curious? Did you go to Google and Google it? Okay. And don't ever just assume, well, this is what somebody told me. Do you have a citation? Do you have a law? Do you have a statute? No. Today, you, you're, the world is at your fingertips. I can go on my phone and I can find the world. Don't just make stuff up because it's probably gas. Right. Yeah. So, I love that. Yeah. Look yeah. At- just wonder more about it. I totally agree. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's do like an industry specific question to you. So what things are you curious about that other people in your industry aren't willing to be curious about? Uh, I'd say it's the human brain. Okay, I am so fascinated by what is happening uh, all across the world. And I was just at the, the, the terrible things that happened to us were, were the abuse that I've suffered gave me a damaged brain. My son was born that way. But at the time I started doing this research, all this stuff was starting to break. It was just coming out. And now uh, I'll tell you, one of the things that I just absolutely love is that studies coming out, industry studies are coming out on how um, if you go to work and you love your job and the day just shoots by, that's therapy. Mm -hmm. 
It shoots by because you get into something called the flow. Right. Flow. And the flow is from Mikhail Csikszentmihalyi out of Chicago. Yeah, Google that name. Um, <laughs> but you're releasing these eustress chemicals. Dopamine, which is motivation, okay? And, and serotonin, which cures depression. And oxytocin, which is the loving chemical. And endorphins that kill pain just by hanging around good people. And it will heal your brain. And so everybody should have a job where they, they, they enjoy going to work, where they're being challenged and they work with people who are emotional adults. Mm. And I do a lot of coaching of people with their levels of emotional intelligence. If someone's an emotional child, they have brain damage. It's that simple. That's not normal to go from zero to 60 with your temper all the time. That's not normal. That's what I did. Or to be hypersensitive or to be ticked about something that happened 30 years ago. That's not normal. Okay. Learning about neurology, and I'll tell you right now, we're just scratching the surface. Everybody should know how the human brain works so that they can take care of their own. And it also tells you why people do what they do. Yeah, and I think even if you're not the one who needs the brain healing, let's say you've already done the work and you're encountering people who you realize, oh, they haven't, that equips you to understand them in a different way that helps your own brain process it. What, what are your thoughts? Oh, absolutely. And I've, I'm, I do a lot of coaching. A lot of time I spend coaching and it's usually virtual. Okay. Because they're all over the country and they sit right. down with me and we talk. I, if I'm going to coach you in emotional intelligence and understand if I'm talking to you about emotional intelligence, I've tested your EQ. So we got the scores I've shown you, uh, what the problems are, but you're talking to me because chances are really good. I'm the only thing standing between you and the door. You're in trouble. Okay. Right. So yes. I talk to them about brain health and I'll tell you all my clients that, that, that do it, get better. All of them. Okay. Because they drink their water. Okay. They do their meditation. I show them my brain. Okay. They don't need a brain scan. What they need to do is they need to start taking care of their brain. All right. And it will heal. And I got most of my folks within six, seven, eight months, they are doing so much better, happier at home. Okay. Betty White was a healthy brain. Betty White. Okay. Anything other than Betty White is a damaged brain. If you go from zero to 60 with your temper, that's a damaged brain all the time. If you are hypersensitive, that's brain damage. A nice, healthy brain is Betty White. And I always strive to be Betty White. I mean, I feel like that's a pretty great goal for every person. I love Betty White. Oh, she yeah. uh, was such an amazing example, not oh. only of a healthy brain, right, but also of using your healthy brain to live the life that you want, which she remade herself so many times mm -hmm. with her humor and her wit and just her, I actually don't really care what you think attitude. Yeah. Such a great person to that, model your life after. That's a rest. And understand, let me just also point out, the neurons in your brain have a life expectancy of 120 years. They should never, you should never lose your short-term memory, ever. Mm. And most of us lose it at about the age of 50, certainly by 60, because we've treated our brains like soccer ball. This woman was sharp as a tack right up until she died a few days short of 100. Okay? That's true elbows wear out, hips wear out. They're mechanical. 
but there's nothing in your brain that moves. It's all electrical and chemical. All right, let's take a few seconds for our sponsor break because their business stories matter too. Why is copywriting important? Have you ever thought about where to start when it comes to copywriting? In Kristen's complimentary 20-minute masterclass, you'll learn why copywriting is important, how non-strategic copy ruins your brand, and what using informed copywriting in your business can do. It's time for you to stop spending thousands of dollars on copy and content that isn't clear or confident. Get the information you need to understand why copywriting is essential to your business's goals and growth today. Head to literarysymmetry.com forward slash why copy W-H-Y-C-O-P-Y to watch today. And so I'll tell you, and you ever wonder why somebody loses their short-term memory, but they keep their long-term memory? Because your short-term memory is in your hippocampus right up here in all the flooding when you go into fight or flight. When you sleep at night, you transfer short-term memory to long-term memory, which is all in the back of your brain. Okay. So yeah, it's away from all the chemicals. So that makes total sense. We treat our brains like soccer balls. We spend more money. We treat our feet better than our brains. It's we got everything back asswards. We really do. And my message is heed what Michael and I had to do. Uh, I mean, I can tell you right now, if I had not improved my brain, uh, I, I wouldn't be here. I would have committed suicide years ago. I thought it was normal to say, oh, this is just too much. Okay. Uh, contemplating ways to, to commit suicide. Okay. Contemplating how you should do it. Okay. And you know, that's not normal. That's not normal. And suicide is now one of the leading causes of death in this country. That's true. Yeah. yeah. There's, I mean, I think what you're saying is so valid in that, you know, we're treating our brains like, well, I used to say this all the time. I used to be a labor doula and a childbirth educator. And I would be like, you spend more money researching what car you're going to buy than understanding how your reproductive system works during labor. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm like, uh, I'll tell you. Um, and, and I'll tell you what get it's like I, I'm going actually I'm going to go do a couple of state conferences in Indiana and Florida. And how do you get buy in? And I said, well, how do we get buy-in for our bullying program, anti-bullying? How do we get buy-in for our diversity program? How do... And I'm like, I don't have that problem. I don't have that problem because I go in and I show them, if you work in a bullying environment, if you are a jackass, if you hate people because they're white, because they're black, because they're whatever, you will destroy your brain in a very short period of time and you will plant the seeds of Alzheimer's. And so you've got to change your behavior and the way you act. And I'll tell you, I fired a guy last week, 28-year employee, 28 years, coached him, coached him, wouldn't improve, gave him a written warning, fired him. And um, and, and so it's kind of funny because we got a letter from his lawyer, of course, he's got a 28-year loyal employee. And I wrote back, Bob's a jackass, okay? We fired Bob and everybody hates Bob. And here are the affidavits from about 10 witnesses who can't stand Bob. And we all hate Bob. And I'll tell you, never heard another word. <laughs> never heard another word. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I was, I'm taking uh, the women's uh, certification program for entrepreneurship at Cornell. And that was one mm -hmm. of the things in our class yesterday was 
fire fat uh higher slow fire fast i'm like yes 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 and i'll tell you it's kind of funny too because uh my my book just before this one was uh, uh tolerance you know living the five skills of tolerance now if your people can see me i'm a white anglo-saxon protestant straight guy white guy okay i am not what you see usually at these things okay but i'm like wait a minute Tolerance is I'm not going to pick on you because you're different. I'm not going to pick on you because you're Jewish. Oh, and 25% of all Jewish people in this country have been the victims of hate crimes. I'm not going to pick on you for any reason. It's, oh, think of our society today. If we sit down in any lunchroom in this country and we talk about abortion, someone's going to get a spork in the head. Someone is going to, and I'm like, no. I'm not going to pick on you because you're different. You have a right to be pro-choice. You have a right to that belief. You have a right to be uh, uh, you know, pro-choice. You have a right to be pro-life. I will defend to the death your right to do that. And I'll tell you, you pick on somebody here, I will fire you. And being an employment attorney, when, when I fire you, you ain't coming back. Right. You're all, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. I've been doing this a long time and I'm not picking on you, but I am not going to protect. I'm not, I'm going to protect these other people. Yes, exactly. And, it's and about that. And think about this. We've trained ourselves that if you and I were sitting in any office and someone lit up a cigarette, someone would go over and say, oh, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. But I'll tell you, we get bullies that walk around. Nobody says a word. And, and both of them are illegal also. Oh, yeah. Why? Oh, yeah. Like... Yeah. Oh, you know how you hit on a good one there. The EEOC, Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, is about fifty to 60,000 cases behind. That's how busy it is. Okay. If you filed a charge with the EEOC today and you could go to the bathroom, get out your phone, and you could file a charge right there online, it'd take them six, eight, nine, ten months to even get to you. That's too long for yeah. sure. Yeah. So, okay. Creative. I have a question. Yes, please. Sorry. I hear someone in the background. I know that the listeners can hear this as oh. well. So who is it? Let, let us know who this is. My cat will not go away. Um, what is your cat's name? So the listeners know. That That is Dexter. Okay. Dexter. And so, okay. yeah, Dexter, I, I go well, home. Go to your Dexter. real thing. Okay. Go to your real thing. Dex- Okay, I, I can go let him out if you want me to. Real no, quick. no, I think it's great. Dexter wants to be on this show. Like, you he getting? is adamant. I mean, Dexter is a Russian blue. And now, actually, I'll tell you right now, actually, that's probably a good segue. Cats, dogs, pets are therapy. Mm. Therapy. Okay, maybe not like right now. But um, uh, <laughs> I tell you, we surround ourselves with pets. At one point, we had four cats and two dogs. Okay, we're down to one dog and three cats now, but uh, they run the place. And when you sit down and you pet a cat or you pet your dog, okay, you release those eustress chemicals. Yes. Okay, taking the dog or cat for a walk. Okay, all this kind of stuff. Um, Pets lower our cortisol and adrenaline. And that's a really good point, because if you've got a really tough day, you're going to let all we uh, have all this cortisol and adrenaline flood your body that you stress chemical mix knocks it out you stress like chemical- cancels it out right like oh, yes like it's not there anymore you will and here's a big misperception 
People think, oh, I got to, I got to reduce my stress. You will never reduce your stress. You always have stress, only, except for when you're dead. There's something to look forward to. Okay. Uh, no, when, so I got all this cortisol because I have to work with jackasses today and I haven't uh, uh, gotten another job yet. So what am I going to do? I'm going to go home and I'm going to fill myself with eustress chemicals. I'm going to go shoot basketball. I'm going to go play soccer with my dog. I'm going to take my cat for a walk. I'm going to, I'm going to do something that's going to keep my body active and it's going to fill my body. I'm going to go bowling. I'm going to do something that's going to knock that. I'm not going to lay on the couch and drink a beer. Right. That's not helpful. That's not helpful. No, no, not at all. So yeah, that's why you hear the cat and our house is filled with animals and people. And, um, and that's part of our therapy. So well, somehow we got in here. I mean, we have a policy on this podcast that we don't mind interrupting children or pets. So you are okay. more than fine. But I know people listening will be like, what is the cat's name? So before yeah. they write me, I thought I would ask you. Yeah, he just took off. He's skittish. So <laughs> he's yeah, he's like, a Russian. I don't want to be on it. I just want to have my voice on it. Oh, yeah, that's him. That's him. <laughs> and uh, and just to let you know, I'm in my office and uh uh, I usually leave the door open saying, come and go. And I think my wife is home today and she accidentally closed the door and that shut him in here. You never close the doors because pets get caught. You don't know they're there. Right. That's yeah. so true. Just to, to yeah. have that in mind, you don't know where they are if they're hiding. Yeah. So think, of it right. think of the cat in the background that you hear is always saying, get your use stress chemicals, get your use stress chemicals. <laughs> Get your eustress chemicals. Come, come pet me and get my eustress chemicals out of me, you know, so. Yes, both of us. It's mutually beneficial, definitely. Oh, yeah, they'll be petted all day. They could do it. Not to... Sigmund Freud, uh, a cocaine-addicted psychiatrist, did say one thing that was absolutely brilliant. And I think of this. There's always time for a cat. Yes, unless you're me, and then you will die. But I wish... Well, I wish I could have a cat. Yeah. Uh, my kids are always like, mom, if you weren't here, we would have a cat. I'm like, I, I know. I understand. We just have dogs instead. Get a cockatiel. Yeah, we have dogs. So yeah. uh, we, ha well, we, now we have one dog. We lost our other dog last year, unfortunately, oh, but that's, that's rough. Yeah. Yes, it's so hard. It was the first time we had a pet, and then the first time the pet died. It was like all within three years. So you know, but that the dogs are great. We help each other. I can't imagine not having a pet at this point. Our our house is always, and I can tell you, uh, ever since two thousand eight, we've always had pets. But since two thousand eight, uh, our house is filled with animals. I mean, filled with them because of the therapy. It really is. And when Michael. The, the and, and think about this, all your listeners that know anybody with autism, this is a no brainer. You've got to rewire that brain and get them to be the best they can. When Michael was studying in Chicago, I mean, he made it all over Chicago and he would go to the cat cafe. And they actually have these cat cafes where you will go and you'll pet a cat and you'll make an appointment. And he said that was so relaxing. That really helped him refocus. OK. And so, you know, uh. I don't know how many people would actually thrive in the third largest city in the country, but he did just great. And one day I'm not going to be around anymore. And it's like, that's what you do with your kids. You try to get them ready so they don't need you anymore. Yeah. That's your job as a parent, I think. And all of us that have special needs children rewire their brains to get them to be the best they can, as self-sufficient as they can be. 
Right. That's true. I definitely think about that, you know, uh, and I agree. That is the goal. Like, let's get them to where they don't need us, right? We'll still be there to support them as long as we can, but we know how entropy works. We know the reality that we're in, and that's what we're preparing for. Yeah. So, yeah, I totally agree. All right, we've got one, time for one more question. Okay. So how did you start the process of getting curious about questions and ideas that maybe made you feel nervous at first? Like when you were like, I'm going to change my brain. Because we know that unfamiliar things trigger the brain to fight, right? They're like, no, uncomfortable. I'm not doing that. So how did you get over that hurdle when you were first getting really curious about this? That's a really good question. Uh, because change management. Okay, how do you how do you engage in this? When you first change something in your life, it's extremely difficult. And let me just mm -hmm. give you an example where we've all done this very successfully. Okay, because we had to. So let's say that you work a job and you've worked there for 10 years. So now you drive to work and you don't have a clue how you got there. Just automatic. You've rewired your brain, actually, to have these, 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 these wirings to just take you there automatically. Okay. And so now you change jobs. You get a better job. And now you're going to drive 10 miles to the east. Well, you're probably going to have to get your GPS out. You, you have to really think. But after 10 days, 20 days, it's going to be automatic. Okay. The hard part of change management, first and foremost is only do a few things at a time, just one, okay? Second, what is so curious and so interesting about this one thing that you're doing, okay, that, that you're doing this? Because great advice. Terry Crews uh, gave this advice, you know, the actor, big Yes, actor, yeah. artist, athlete. Yes, the man who can yeah. do it all. Yeah. <laughs> he said, well, how do you get used to going to the gym? He said, go to the gym and just sit there and read a book. Just go there and watch TV because you see now you're building these pathways in your brain to get used to doing that. OK, then after a week or two, then you go and you start getting on the treadmill. Then maybe you play racquetball. Then you do. it gets easier. OK, and once you have got those those initial wirings going, it makes it so much easier. So whenever I start something new, I will sit there and I'll think, OK, what is really interesting about this that. Uh, I want to do this. Okay, well, this is interesting. Okay, so I'll start researching something or I'll start doing it. And I know if I can just do it two or three or four or five times, eight times, that now it's going to be a wiring for me. This is why people sometimes get in their car, start to drive to work on Saturday or Sunday. That's, That's true. What, That's what we call a <laughs> habit. That's a habit. And that is growing those, those new neurons and new connections every month. That is the exact same principle that Michael and I used to rewire our brains. Amazing. Oh, yes, that was such a great explanation. Thank you Thanks. for answering that. Um, for anyone who's listening, please get in touch with Scott. His website and his LinkedIn profile will be in the show notes. And please pick up his new book, or if you want, pick up both of his books because they both sound equally amazing. Uh, Scott, this is a hot seat question that I ask everybody. If you could give my audience who are business owners trying to understand how to better communicate about their business one piece of advice, what would it be? What excites you about what you do? What excites you? People hear that. 
I don't sell. I just talk about what I do. I love what I do. I love going to work. I love doing this kind of stuff. It excites me. It invigorates me. People will see that. And if you happen to be a dry cleaner, oh, this guy's just all excited about dry cleaning. (laughs) Okay. Why? Well, that's what you do all day. Aren't you excited? Aren't you interested in what you do? Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So ask, so think, focus on the parts that excite you. Think about what excites you that you haven't acknowledged yet and then embrace that more. I love that advice. It works for me. So I might not work for other folks, but I just think if you're excited about something that, that, that that's infectious and other people will be in sight, you got to be excited about it for a reason. Other people will see that. Yeah. Amazing. All right. Well, thank you so much, Scott, for being a guest today. Thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you to all of our viewers. And uh, like I said, please make sure to check out Scott in the show notes. And as always, I want you to know that you are amazing. I believe in you and your business story matters. Talk to you real soon. We love helping business owners discover the power and purpose of copywriting. Do you want to learn what copy is and how copywriting works so that you can communicate about your business with both confidence and clarity? Explore why copy matters to your business and how you can leverage its power to talk to your ideal clients in a way that will take them through proven sales psychology processes. Stop guessing when it comes to the writing you use for your business. Learn how copy works and how to use it to grab the attention of those who really need your help by heading to literarysymmetry.com forward slash YCCA to enroll in the Your Confident Copy Academy right now.